Hey, it's Thomas Frank. I've just got a quick note for you before we get into the show. If you've been enjoying the Inforium or my videos over on YouTube, then you, my friend, should get Nebula. On Nebula, you get ad-free versions of both this podcast and my videos, along with exclusive stuff like extended versions of those videos. And it's not just our stuff that you're going to get. Dozens of other creators are on Nebula, including Ali Abdal, Wendover Productions, Braincraft, Tier Zoo, and lots more. Nebula gives us a chance to experiment, and since everything's ad-free, it's also the best way for you to get our content. Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the College Info Geek Podcast. My name is Thomas Frank, and this is a show that helps you become a more effective student. And in today's episode, I'm talking with two guys, Adam Hewitt and Janet Kalmati. Now, they are the co-founders, two of the co-founders, they're actually three in total, I believe, of a site called Brain.fm. And Brain.fm is a web app that generates artificially intelligent music that's supposed to help you focus and study better. And uh, I found this a few weeks ago on a site called Product Hunt that posts lots of new products and apps that come out all the time. And I was interested in it because I'm always looking for new study music and study music that is specifically designed to help you study better is definitely going to be interesting to me. And what I found really interesting about the site is they actually have research that they've conducted with one of their co-founders who is a neuroscientist um, on people to see whether their music helps people study better than silence or other music. And they've like hooked people up to EEG machines and measured brainwave responses and all these cool things. So I thought that this was just like a really cool topic to dive into. I'm really interested in the intersection between brain science and, and music and how to like kind of affect how we work and think with music. I've always been really interested in finding the best study music. I have my study music playlist that you probably have heard me talk about before. So I wanted to pick their brains, see how they got started, see how they met, like get their story. But also I wanted to get their opinions on a question I get asked really frequently, which is, should I study with music? Now, I've come across studies that say, no, you shouldn't study with music. And some of those studies I've come across say, like, you should only study with classical music. And uh, interestingly, one of the co-founders has some opinions on classical music. So we're going to dive into that. Personally, I will say I love studying with music. I have always studied with music, but I have always had to be very picky about what I study with depending on what I'm doing. So like if I'm coding or uh, sometimes if I was going through like statistics homework, I remember I could listen to death metal or whatever. It was fine because I was like logically working through a process and it didn't really require like much creativity or quiet thought. But if I'm reading or if I'm going through something a little more conceptual, then I find that I need like definitely music with no vocals and usually music that's more like down tempo, less energetic, just more chill background music. So that's what my answer was. And, you know, it has always been and probably still is. But I think it was interesting to get the perspective of two guys who are like spending every hour of every day in this field. So that's what we got coming up. Just want to let you know up front, you can try Brain.fm, and uh, this episode's not sponsored anyway. It's just me being interested in stuff and wanting to share it, but you can try Brain.fm. They have like seven free sessions you can do before you have to pay a monthly fee to use it. So check it out. See if it works for you. I have used, I think, four sessions currently before uh, releasing this podcast, and then I'm probably going to head out to a coffee shop and use my remaining three free ones to see if I can get some good writing done on video scripts for this week. So wish me luck. Also, Show notes for this episode with everything that I talk about and need to link to are over at CIGpodcast.com, episode 88. You can find that right on the page. You'll find all those links and also ways to rate and review the podcast on iTunes if you would like to support it. That's all I've got for this intro, so let's dive into the interview.
All right, guys, let's just get into it. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us on. Happy to be here. Yeah. So I've been playing around with Brain.fm. I talked about it in a video and it just seems really cool. But I wanted to talk to you guys, one, because I'm always interested in people that are doing things with like music, especially when like science is involved. But also (laughs) I can I constantly get this question like, is it better to study with music? Is it better to study in silence? What kind of music should I study with if it's good to do music? Blah, blah, blah. And somebody pointed me to a research study once that was like, music is bad for studying unless it's classical. And it's like <laughs> one of those rare instances where I'm like, because I'm, I'm usually kind of the kind of person that goes, oh, science, I'm going to go with that and I'm going to advocate whatever the studies say. And yeah. in this case, I was like, oh, God. No, I've, I've got a plenty of personal experience no, no, where I study well with no. music and it's not classical. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go ahead and not listen to this <laughs> or like yep. put it off yep. for future reading. Well, we actually uh, recently did a, a study, uh, a focus study, and we have that up on our website. And it was really interesting because um, we used, uh, you know, we had two kind of control conditions, uh, no music and then just with regular music, n- none of our technology in it. Mm-hmm. And um, the regular music actually way outperformed the uh, nothing at all, just complete silence. Okay. Um, but it, it is kind of, uh, it's always amazing. I have, a, I have a kind of a classical background. My parents uh, tragically made me take a, tr- a classical guitar lessons, which was, did, did not help me later in life as far as the, <laughs> being the life of the party. Nobody, they want to hear Green Day. They don't want to have hear my uh hear Bach or anything like that dude if you come but, over to my parties i would be very impressed i've I, always thought yeah, classical I'd be, I'd be hitting, hitting cool. your parties <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean classical i think i, I really I, I think the 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 thing that makes it better for studying is simply because it doesn't have any lyrics mm. um but you know i mean if, if chopin or, or Bach or, or beethoven came back as a zombie or something they, they'd be pretty unhappy that they were mostly being used uh, for something that needs to be just tuned out, you know, something that doesn't have lyrics, it's boring, <laughs> nobody likes it, so let's just listen to it because it's better than silence. I, I would say it's, de- it's in my in the research that we've done, um, it, it's definitely better to have some music, mm. but classical is not built for this stuff. You know, you need uh, uh, to have more precision and uh, build it from the gl- ground up with uh, neuroscience in mind, like auditory neuroscience in mind, um, to get that, the maximum that, effect. That, that, that's a great point right there, because if you think about Bach or Mozart or any other musician, like let's take like Kanye West to um, like some like beautiful symphony, like the London Orchestra, like they did not design that piece of music with you in mind for you to help you focus, mm. right? That's what we're starting off as the, our very premise. And we combine that with auditory neuroscience. There's over 180 studies in this stuff, and our lead neuroscientist from Northwestern conducted the EEG study that Adam just mentioned to earlier. And we combine that first layer of auditory neuroscience along with some crazy stuff with uh, with artificial intelligence. Of where basically every single session in Brain FM is made by an AI engine that my, this this mad scientist Adam created. <laughs> Uh, and it it, 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 ena- it enables us to train the brain waves to a nano to a millisecond precision to align with the mental state needed. So the basic idea and the concept is you take control of your, the brain waves in your state of mind that changes your mental state. So every every sort of you know every every time in your life, every single moment, there is a brainwave state going on. Yeah. It could be when you're, when, you're, when you're studying, when you're focused, when you're in the zone, when you lose sort of, you know, sense of time and you're just like totally dilated into what's going on. There's a, state, there's a brainwave state for that. When you're sleeping, 
when you're relaxing, when you're meditating, when you're running, when you're working out, when you're, when you're talking to friends, anything, there's a brainwave state associated with it. So we, that's the auditory neuroscience component of it. Combine it with the music piece of it, which is why um, it, it works brilliant for focus. And it doesn't take months or weeks like the past for the field. It used to take that and we're kind of pioneering it is now it used to take months or weeks. It takes minutes now. So within your first sort of 15 minutes, go just check it out and compare it to what you've already listened to with Spotify and Pandora. It'll, it'll, you will feel a tangible yeah, difference. And the, the actual feeling of it is something that I'm um, really excited about that we've kind of pioneered or, or innovated on in the last two years that you can actually, you know, physically some people get you know kind of tingles even whenever they first listen to it yeah. um so yes yeah, there's been a lot of advances in the last couple of years well the one thing i Mainly want to say is the, I was... the ai the, the ai is much he's a nice guy but he's he's, <laughs> he's a smart little guy I, I i made him but he's much smarter than me now so <laughs> i let him do <laughs> well i gotta composing. say like I, I i went into it expecting that it would be like music i wouldn't particularly like a whole lot yeah but it would be like calming or something like have some sort of or you know be purported to have some sort of effect but i i've only done the focus one i haven't done the sleep i haven't done the relax because i'm always like whenever i listen to music it's either i'm on or i'm in the car or something so i did the focus one and i was like this is actually really cool sounding so kudos to you guys um i think like there's yeah, a zillion directions i could go here that, what happened with that uh, ai i've seen some other ai uh, uh i think there's something on uh, product hunt or something today um ai generated music um but it's always kind of you know it's just it's it's never good it's never something you actually want to mm-hmm. kind of sit down and listen to um and I, I come from a music composition background um so i think that kind of helped me you know there's a little little bit of my soul in the in the the ai that's generating this so it's kind of like i'm creating it or it, it's creating music that i want to listen to and that just happens to kind of yeah. Um, also be good for you, apparently. So that's so good. I only know a very cursory amount about like narrow AI. Um, is it something like a neural network where you kind of feed it some certain patterns and then kind of let it go through its own iterations based on data it collects from users? Or like how does it, how does an AI generate music without you having to write it from scratch? Um, well, uh, music is actually very, very structured. Um, I, have, I haven't yet been able to create like, you know, like, something like Bob Dylan or, you know, rock, uh, music in general. Um, I think whenever I, uh, I've, I've tried to do that and it just sounds kind of fake. Mm. Um, so, uh, t- techno is actually the easiest because it's very, very structured. Um, and it's very kind of consistent, you know, you have like a, a 120 BPM, but this, um, we do do a bit of n- neural network stuff, but this is, I, I would probably call this, um, um, I believe it's called kind of an emergent AI where you have, a a bunch of different, say, uh, instruments, and uh, each each one's kind of its own little tiny brain, and they're all kind of competing for uh, attention in the song, and they'll kind of mm-hmm. fade in and fade out, and um, some will have a particular, uh, let's say, uh, they, they'll they'll want to be in a certain point in the measure. You know, like a, a drum beat AI, little little bot or whatever you want to call it, uh, would want to be. You know, like the beginning or the, the uh, in the middle of the measure. So like the you know um, just like do, 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 you know something like that. That he would want to be that. But um, other ones have other kind of aspirations and <laughs> they they try to be all the place. Um, so it's just a, it's a bunch of kind of little bots that are all kind of competing with each other and 
uh, eventually something kind of emerges out of this. It's kind of I think it's you know that's why it's called kind of emergent AI. You have a bunch of these things kind of battling it out. And of course, I, I feed it parameters. You know, like okay, I want this to be a techno song. I want this to be a classical one. Um, sometimes I'll even feed it music. You know, um, in, in one of the focus sessions, there's uh, a bunch of Bach concertos, harpsichord concertos, and um, that's actually one of my favorites. And, and another one, there's an, there's like uh, it's inspired by uh, Irish music. So I took some like uh, old Irish tunes and kind of fed that in there. Um, but even so, uh, you know, every, every single instrument. And in some in some cases, every single note is its own kind of little self-contained AI, and they all kind of battle it out, and then a, a song emerges huh. from that. Oh, that's really cool. So I just I feel like I have a ton of questions here, but I think the uh, the underlying foundation here is I don't really understand how music relates to mood and focus and energy. Like I know it affects it. I know when I go to the gym, I put songs on, it makes me more motivated, but it just seems like one of those things that's really tough to understand because like I can do work to death metal and my girlfriend can only say like, that would make me want to go like drive off a cliff. I, I could never listen to that. So with so many like disparate opinions between different people on music, um, how does, how do you figure out like what kind of music affects people in certain ways and how do you start to use that to do things? Well, it's it's not um, so much the you know the type of music or the genre. Uh, what we're actually doing is creating a very very precise rhythmic stimulus. And whenever a, a, a sound like a, a drum beat, for example, uh, enters your ears, it, uh, it kind of spreads waves throughout the brain, goes to the thalamus, and it spreads all throughout the brain. If you do this kind of consistently enough, like a drumbeat, like do 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 do, but we're talking much faster, you know, um, like to like to, like ten beats a second, you know, like very very fast, and that starts to resemble the brain waves already uh, in your brain, and kind of the brain is actually very rhythmic. It uses uh, uh, rhythms and cycles to communicate with itself and various parts of itself. So if you uh, present a stimuli that is rhythmic the brain kind of aligns itself to that and I mean, the whole brain doesn't do it but enough of it to where your mental state actually changes we're kind of just and then and then the, and the more you do it the more you listen to it it gets better and better um, because different parts of your brain will start synchronizing to it and you can actually see this on an EEG um, in the focus study we released it's pretty cool there's uh, spikes uh, we do uh, have an EEG readout there. There's spikes in 13 hertz and 17 hertz, and that's exactly what we were stimulating. So it's pretty amazing to see the uh, incredible correlation. I mean, it's almost one-to-one -one correlation hmm. that we get with um, uh, the music versus what's actually happening in the brain. Yeah. So, so it has to be oh, very precise. Like a, a, a regular, you know, like a drum circle wouldn't be able to do it. We, we're As humans, we're very, very we have very very good rhythm very very good rhythm mm -hmm. almost perfect but, but we're talking milliseconds here and those add up when, very very quickly whenever we're talking about rapid rhythms you know like 40 hertz or 10 hertz or something. in the end um an ai ended up being the best way to kind of to, to do this because it's I, I i tried it used to it used to take me a month sometimes to make a single session because i'd be in there in my uh, digital audio workstation just kind of aligning things exactly and, and and those programs are not meant for this kind of work so i had to kind of create my own Interesting. my own program for it i come from a completely 
like business startup background and immersing myself into neuroscience and, and the audio science of state. Mm-hmm. Basically, the, if in, in, in like interpreting these mad scientists is like part of my job to investors and whoever I talk to partners. And the essential thing is when you take control, you always have brainwaves in, in your mind. So if you're listening to death metal, for example, and like that is there's a certain brainwave state that's going on in there that you have tapped into that helps you focus. Mm. Right. And that can be quantified by neuroscientists when they put that EEG cap in your head and they actually read that brainwave activity. So okay. people know like this is like there's alpha, gamma, delta, beta uh, and theta. Like there's different brainwave states. Um, so our music, what we what we basically make is precisely to, to like the, like Adam said, like the millisecond to change the brainwave state, which changes your mental state. So music, music changes the brainwaves and brainwaves are associated with mental state. Like that is mm. the essence at the essence of like it. And if the, if you're listening to Bach or something, it may not be designed to to get you to that brainwave frequency. So you actually might get distracted, right? Oftentimes, okay. so, and everyone is different. Um, so for us, like it works. It's a universal thing. We take like like how how quickly can we get them to that brainwave state? And that's why it takes minutes. So as I said in the past, you take months or weeks. Mm. And now it's more like you listen to it. Like you, instead of Spotify or Pandora, just listen to it and and like see how see how it works. And and don't yeah. even take our word for it. Like just just go try it out. That's why we say to everybody: don't take our word for it. Like ignore everything that we've said. Go try it out for yourself. Go try everything else out, and then come back and see uh, like how how it compares to. Yeah, yeah. So the one thing I was wondering is like because I I personally get excited about a lot of things, and I remember like there were other music apps that I got excited about, or I I just go through ridiculous phases with music. I will listen to one song. In fact, I have been listening to one song all day long. Uh, there's a game repeat. that came out. I do that too. <laughs> there's yep. a game that uh, came out that recently too, yeah. called Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and there's like a song in that game that I've been listening to without I love like, without game music. Today. I've always loved game music. Some of the best composers it's so are good, in right? games these days. Yeah, oh, it's very, very good music. What, 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 what's your favorite of all time? Let, let, let's take a quick poll. Uh, my favorite what? Uh, music from games like of all time. Oh, that's like, tough. Like the soundtrack. That's really what, tough. Because, what, what pops uh, out? For me, for me, it would be Chrono Cross. Uh, it's a Chrono Trigger um, series. It just had to, an incredible soundtrack. I listen to it a lot when I'm programming. See, I I have listened to the Xenoblade Chronicles one soundtrack over and over again. And now that the second game is out, I'm just like going through that over and over again. I love it a lot. Um, my favorite game is Dance Dance Revolution. So I, I got to <laughs> give it to like the 500 DDR songs I have because there's always something I can listen to in there. And then. Uh, Relatedly, Beat Mania has like 18 iterations probably in the ID, IIDX series. So there's all sorts of crossover in the Bimani games. What was that first games. one you mentioned? Uh, I just want to look it up later. I love video game music. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 or X2 or something like that. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. It's not 2. I'm just, I haven't even played the game myself. This is what I do. I don't play games. I just like I know, right? Music. I, I, I never play Chrono Cross. Like I want there's, there's to, no time. Just to hear the music. But that's the thing. There's no time. Every time there's a cool game coming out, I'm like, I look forward to watching my friend play that for five minutes. I know, right? I got some time. I know. It's like it's like if you get sucked in, it's like you're turning on the first five minutes of Dark Knight. Like, why would you want to turn it off? You know, you can't turn that shit off. You can't. Oh, oops. But again, there's like, what's your relationship to the video game? Is it like you know you playing soccer? Like FIFA is like you know a lot more. Oh, it's just. You know, you can control it for half an hour versus yeah, something exactly. like you dive in and you're, you're just lost. And in college, you see a lot of these people like, I mean, I, I graduated a few years ago. So I like everyone, everyone has like, you know, the, the video <laughs> games that they're just like, I'm waiting to come back from class to just play video games. Oh, you know? I know it. Like, that's that's because 
they shouldn't be bored in college. Go study what you really want to study. You know, like don't don't. Uh, anyway, that's well. I'm gonna like part. out myself as a huge nerd here. But when I was in high school, I had this really stupid Yu-Gi-Oh game for my PS One, and for whatever reason, I got so addicted to it. Like that's all I could think about at school. Is like I want to go home and play that. And some games just like suck you in. For the most part, though, games have less of a grip on me than they used to, and I don't think it's ever been that strong, which is probably a good thing. But yeah, the game is Xenoblade Chronicles X, not 2. Uh, the whole soundtrack's on YouTube, and it's grade A stuff. But anyway, so I you know, I, I go through, I think what I was talking about is I go through all these phases with like game soundtracks and all sorts of stuff. So my immediate question is like, I did think that the focus session did help me with my focusing. And I've, I've done it more than once, but I was wondering like, how do you kind of compensate for the placebo effect with any new tool like this? Um, like how much data do you have to acquire to just basically say like, this is actually working instead of people just like thinking, oh, this is a new tool. It's yeah. going to help me focus. And then their brain kind of like matching. To a certain extent, I, I think there's nothing wrong with the placebo effect, but the, mm. uh, and, and there, you know, there's going to be some of that in anything. We have a lot of word of mouth right now. So, you know, people will tell their friends and their, their, uh, their children, their parents, you know, family, it's oh, this is amazing. It helps me study. And of course, whenever they first, log on to it, you know, in the, in the first 10 seconds, there's, oh, this is amazing. Um, <laughs> even before it has a chance to really uh, entrain the brain or uh, affect the rhythms. But we have a, we have an, a kind of a unique opportunity to have a massive, massive amounts of data because we, uh, I, I don't know if you got to this part in the, the app, but we do kind of a benchmark, right? So we have a bunch of uh, psychological questions that we give you, I think it's like uh, 15 and um, they're kind of meant to get like a, a baseline of okay, what, what's your what's your mood, what's your sleep like, anxiety levels, stress, uh, focus levels, um, and that was designed by one of our uh, advisors who uh, work, does this stuff. Has been doing this stuff for twenty years in clinical practice. Been using my software, and and and, and then we 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 re uh, we we give them that retest them again like every two weeks or so. So we actually have a huge amount of data. And then we we just contact researchers like uh, Stephen Powers, uh, biostatistician, um, recently did one. Um, and that was actually before we we blew up in popularity. So there's only I think 247 people in that study. But still, that like like n equals 247. Like that's, that's a pretty large study, yeah. and uh, you can get pretty significant p values out of that. Uh, like a, a p value is like okay, the statistical significance, mm -hmm. and um, so you you can get pretty pretty low low is better and that uh, for p-value so you, we have interestingly enough actually improved things that we don't even specifically treat like mood uh for example which was really really cool and kind of makes sense if you think about it because we're helping people sleep we're helping them study we're helping them relax of course that's going to affect mood and uh, i mean as far as uh the actual studies actual clinical studies that we do with people that you know uh, we'll, we'll have we have like a sleep lab and uh uh, play a place where people actually go and then they we put an EEG on their head and then they you know they'll, they'll do a test to our music or to no music or to regular music etc um i mean th those also are, are extremely statistically significant so the statistical significance is really what kind of differentiates something that's placebo from something that's actually real actually is really happening and then, and placebo wouldn't generally affect some of the uh markers that you can see in an EEG. Um, for example, our sleep session enhances what's called slow wave sleep. And 
it's it enhances it to a point where you know it's way beyond what what placebo could ever account for and the correlation between the music like you can see it it's like whenever the music goes up the brain waves go up at the same time it's it's a it's a very very kind of interesting and amazing and precise correlation and so placebo can only go so far and and it certainly can't uh while, while you're in the deepest form of sleep that's what slow wave sleep is uh yeah, and 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 for, yeah. and for your audience for slow wave sleep, uh, I guess like for I guess you know statistical significance is really proving that it's like there and it's with this and and we have all the studies up on Brain FM. If you just go to Brain.fm, check it out. We we're pretty big bullish on transparency. So mm-hmm. um, there's a section where we have around uh, nine uh, nine different documents that go into a bunch of stuff. Um, but for slow wave sleep, it's basically the the one of one of the next frontiers of the brain and in, in, in sleep science uh, and the reason why in uh, is is for example our lead neuroscientist who was part of a team that landed uh, six million dollars from from DARPA from from the government for this to study this like the military is really interested in this because it triggers memory consolidation uh, which can be mem- can which can be measured by spindle activities in an EEG report basically memory consolidation is incredibly important for your stu- for your audience for your students so sleep is integral for learning and memory so memory consolidation basically means like you could take and slow wave sleep, for slow wave sleep in particular you can take uh, a 70 year old man and restore his memory back to a 20 year old person a 20 year old and, huh. and like four extra memory like we're talking about uh, hormone regulation we're talking about growth hormone until I'm at life up to 10 years. That's why all the sleep scientists and the person that came up with this, uh, with the very term slow wave sleep, who, who was a f- pioneer in this, was from, from Harvard and he was very, he's a very well known uh, sleep scientist. So it got a lot of people excited and it was kind of like, kind of like a renaissance in, in the very, uh, in the very innovation of sleep. Uh, and everyone's rushing to research, like, what else can it do? Hmm. Um, so and we have one of the leading slow wave sleep scientists on our on our founding team. Yeah, part of the reason. probably arguably the, the foremost expert in auditory neuroscience. I would say. Uh, I mean, these are some these are some bold claims, and I, I'm see. It seems kind of crazy. Okay, you know, you, you can listen to this all night, and it's going to uh, virtually double your memory consolidation, uh, or or your um, you know if if you, okay you, you memorize a list of words, and then uh, without music you could only uh, recall twenty five of them. Say. Um, then uh, listen to our music um, during that night, and you'll be able to recall fifty of them. So that's that's kind of what I mean by like memory consolidation. And it's it's a bold claim, but it's it's there. I mean, it's a, uh, I, I'm we're researching it. Northwestern's researching it very very actively. And um, I know it's, it's it sounds crazy. How how could music do this? People people I've always thought have underestimated the power of music. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a bold claim, but it's it's actually it's actually true. I mean, it, whenever whenever I first uh, started, whenever we did our first pilot study um, with our neuroscientists at Northwestern, and we submitted some EEG data, they actually uh, accused me of faking the EEG data, and 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 how and how I would actually do that, I have no idea. <laughs> like like eight hours of EEG data, it looks like EEG data, but it's fake. I'm not even sure how I do that, but. Then they then they did it themselves and they're like, wow, this actually this actually is is something amazing. Huh. So let me ask you yeah. guys a question. How much do you use this? And do you guys use it for your sleep as well? Every every night. <laughs> every every night? night. Yeah, mm-hmm. we actually I actually it's I have it right here. Uh it's a sleep audio mask that basically has little headphone uh little soft headphones here. And it just like you put it on here and it's like 
just covers your eyes. It's perfect. I, I personally Where love it the just because like, um, they're in there. Like, are they so really, really tiny or something? Yeah, they're um, like way, way for thin and tiny, and they're they're very, very comfortable. It actually produces pretty high quality sound. Okay, um, surprisingly high quality. I used to try to yeah. sleep with music. Like, I had these really nice headphones, but I it would always like feel bad on my head after a while. So I would always have to take them off. Yeah, um, it's. It's, it's super comfortable and I personally don't have any insomnia issues mm. and I, I, I use it for focus, relax, and sleep. I'm like the number one power user. Like I am still on the leaderboard as number one at the amount of plays I've done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Adam, Adam initially used to build it for me and like I was the first person to really anything, anytime you would make anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, even if you are a regular, even if you are not insomniac, like Adam's an insomniac and he cured his own insomnia with, with it. He actually was like yeah, severe insomnia 13 year labor of love that one it, it took me a while <laughs> so you're not you don't have insomnia at all anymore or is it just like, oh me oh yeah. yeah no not at all no um it's yeah it's crazy i mean I, I i built the session um to cure my own extremely severe insomnia that i've had all, almost my entire life and i've been working in this industry for uh like 12 years at the time um trying to do it you know it's one of the reasons i got into this field in the first place was because uh uh, pills don't work for me they simply don't like uh, Mm -hmm. the the you know typical ones that you go for uh like a a, a, an antihistamine or ambien or you know valium or anything like that like i've tried them all and they simply don't work my mind just will not shut off it won't won't shut up really uh (laughs) i'm trying to go to sleep so this this uh it helps with that and um a surprising uh, benefit is that it it helps with uh, everybody. It helps, uh, you know, uh, it helps Jeanette fall asleep and get better sleep in a shorter amount of time. Yeah, um, I, and, and I can sleep like uh, Adam told me. Like, I, I can sleep anywhere. I'm like a soldier nap. What would you call it? Like, <laughs> sleep like it's, a soldier. It's, it's, the, yeah, the the soldier's talent is to a be soldier's able to sleep talent. anywhere That's at any time, and he has that. Oh, he can he can be leaning up against a wall. I think that's the college student's talent, too. When I was a freshman, I remember I had to get up at, like, 5 a.m. for ROTC, like, PT class that I foolishly signed myself up for. And my (laughs) friends were playing Call of Duty Black Ops, like, as loud as possible on the TV, and they would not leave. And I'm just like, screw it, I'm going to bed. (laughs) Somehow developed the ability to sleep through that. But, yeah. If you can't can't do that, that's boot camp right there. (laughs) Oh, God. A uh, dorm room filled of guys screaming and uh, guns going on Call of Duty. Wow, that is wow. You have you have earned your way to Soldier's Town. That's what. It is. <laughs> but no, but but my my experience is 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 very much like I get much deeper sleep and I wake up and there's not like I used to have a time when I wake up and I'm like you know foggy. I have to get my coffee or I have to get my tea or, or I have to I have to have certain like um like a morning a morning routine is what is already I have but like in that morning time, I had, it reduced the amount of time where it just I'm ready you know what I mean and I don't I'm not relying on coffee I just like go on green tea now just just because of like I, I and co- for me coffee was a thing to wake me up that's why mm. um and it, I just became less reliant but but the experience of like deep sleep is like like I can't not go back 
Like it's just so good, you know, for me. Huh. Like it's just, it's, it's just, it's really helped me. And 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 then again, like everything that we we talk about, it's it's very experiential, and that's very that's a very key point to make here. Because um, we can, for example, I can come to you, Thomas, and I can tell you, like about the best burger in the whole world, and describe the exact flavors and tastes and everything, right? Yeah. But until you have that burger yourself. And you like like taste the burger, you won't know what it is until you experience it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is a very experiential thing. It's very it's very similar to you know you won't know what it's like to be a guy in the gym working six months in. So you all automatically have handicapped yourself to like you know you don't know how awesome it is in month six. You know it's yeah. so amazing because your body is like on, on full fire. You have more energy. Like your sleep, it impacts all kinds of your life. So it's it's an experiential thing. That's really what it is. And okay. like, like like most great things that you 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 should aspire to. Um, meditation or or uh, yoga or, or or running or lifting or or uh, eating healthy you know yeah. like eating like a really great great diet you know that that fits your your profile yeah it's good it's cool that you uh, bring up the gym thing like I usually try to be in the gym frequently but for the last probably three months I was pretty bad about it and then like maybe just a couple weeks ago I just kind of like made this decision like I'm gonna go every day and now that I'm going every day, like it's just crazy how much it improves my mood and just energy levels and everything. I know. Like, so often, oftentimes you think like when your mood is like, oh, I'm like not happy or like I'm sad or I'm tired, and like, like oh, did you get your sleep right? Okay, did you have you been eating well? Mm-hmm. Like, have you been sleeping? Like, have you have you have you gone to the gym? Are you doing? Are you being? Are you maintaining basic health? You know, yeah. that's you know. So uh, that's, a lot of students ask me about like nootropics or whatever is that how you say it nootropics or nootropics no, no nobody knows i've yeah <laughs> <laughs> like should uh, i take I've adderall or whatever these drugs are or, and i'm like yeah. okay i'm not a scientist so like my default answer is going to be ask a doctor or no but the first question i'm going to ask you is like are you sleeping at least seven hours a night are you going to the gym or doing some sort of exercise every day like are you eating well are you doing what your body is built to do if not, then don't even touch this. Like, don't even think about this stuff because you don't have the fundamentals down. Exactly. Yeah. And, and oftentimes it's so easy to underestimate those things, right? Yeah. It's so, because of its simplicity, right? Like it's like, but, but then you look at every single successful person that you like, you can, and like ask them like their routines. Like everyone has a routine too. Like, you know, why does everyone have a morning, morning routine? Like why does everyone <laughs> have, like there, there's a reason for this stuff, right? Cause it's just, it's just basic human stuff. It's like, just get that out of, just get that going. And then like, you can get to like, you'll get to like, like 2.0, 3.0, 4.0. You can keep getting better. Like, you know, your self growth, that's a thing, right? Like you can keep getting better. Yeah. And these are, so once you get the foundation, right, you enable self growth to happen. Uh, and, and at a very at a very rapid a very rapid stage if we keep the foundations if we, if we get the foundations right. Cool. So um, before we wrap up, I'm always like curious about like people's stories. So how did you guys like get into this field? I mean, Adam, I guess for you it was kind of trying to cure insomnia, but uh, Junaid, like, what was your kind of impetus for getting into the field of like auditory neuroscience? <laughs> um, so actually, the story starts with Adam. He started this company 13 years ago, and when he started, he basically sold uh, audio uh, brainwave training software for neuroscientists, research labs, psychologists, and that time, it was just him, and he was hiring people here and there, and Adam's an engineer by trade. He's in, at the intersection of neuroscience and music, and like he kind of grew this thing and like had 
this thing for 10 years, basically like, you know, releasing new versions, improving on the actual core technology, releasing new products. And sort of he kept doing this, but he kind of grained like a niche audience with like 35,000 customers. And But like at the end of the day, he wanted to change the world with sound. And Adam like was just like, you know, like he wasn't achieving his dream. You know, like he was achieving success mm-hmm. when it was dream. So fast forward 10 years, I'm in college and I've tried, you know, Adderall, I've tried everything and I can't for the life of me focus and Adderall actually for me it's like I get burnt out like I literally destroys my brain like and this was you know what six six years ago, I guess now but um and everyone's everyone's popping it it's just like it's just mm-hmm. the culture you know it's just like and I, I went to Indiana University which is you know I know you went to Iowa but you know it's 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 a culture across the country it's not really limited to any campus now yeah like uh so it's 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 I and I, I was it was finals week and I'm like struggling to sort of just just like like find something and I found his tool on a forum which is usually where you find on, on a reddit to that on a forum which is like you know like an obscure part of the internet and I downloaded it and then like it, like the stuff worked and I was like what it worked and I, it kept working and like I, like it sort of was like you know my life before and the life after I kind of like that's why I was I was like and straight out of college I, I started a company uh, a, a tech startup and it was like grew it and a lot of failures there but afterwards we kind of go to a point where it was like doing well and I kind of wanted to do something that actually helped people and combining technology with it um, and I basically I mean we, we raised a few million dollars like reached to uh, uh, 10 employees had uh, you know hundreds of companies using it um, and it, it was sort of a B2B tool um, but I I basically the same week I I took a step back from the company I took a little bit I, t- I took enough cash for like a week I'm like, for, for a year not a week Jesus for, for, for a year <laughs> and to, to, to really figure it out and I still have stock in the company, but I was just like, you know, let me figure. And the same week I left, like I met Adam at a QS meet, at a quantified self meetup, in 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 like sort of like a co-working space. And I was like, it's immediately when I met him, I was like, you're that guy who invented this stuff. You're that guy. <laughs> like you're the crazy inventor that did this. Like I didn't. And he was so humble and nonchalant about. It. I'm just like, I'm like, dude, dude, dude. I'm like, why didn't you build Brain FM? Why didn't you do this? You know, and and he, at, yeah, at that time, we'll, we'll, we'll profess that he thought he was a, a like a great marketer and a businessman, and his strengths really was in the audio, and he was he's, he's an engineer, but that's his, and that's what he loves doing. And I just, you know, joined on sort of as an equal partner, and just, let's just build the future of this company and and really change the game. And like, there is innovation here that I, the key ingredients I began to realize was like, there is innovation on sound itself to be made. And there's and when you combine with that, that's Adam's talent. When you combine that with a lead neuroscientist, like he is like this is his. Like, he loves doing this stuff, and he's so good. And they come up with theories, and they test these theories, and they like put it into the music. That's how like our best stuff gets formed. We're constantly innovating on the very nature of it. So we're, we're barely scratching two percent of the actual potential, right? So I was just like, this is it's, it's like, with, and now we have we went from like zero to. Uh, uh, over 30,000 customers in the past sort of like month and we've had wow. massive word of mouth and success like we've sold half a million dollars in the past like like month right like and we're growing massively through word of mouth like massive partnerships and like we have we're inbounded by by an in, in investor request in the past when we were getting rejected by them left and right yeah. you know it was like yeah. it changed the game success like it's, it's and it's humbling it's cool but like now we don't even need a race like what, what game do we want to be playing so it's like base our, our main goal is to change change the world 
change the very face of, of music and sound and, and cure ADD, cure anxiety, cure insomnia, cure even PTSD. Sound's potential was just, it's, it's the way me and Adam and Giovanni, our lead neuroscientists, like look at it, we're kind of inventing a new category for medicine itself. Like this is, you know, like when pills were made, like this is like sound has the potential to, to do very massive things and can all be quantified, it can all be measured on EEGs, it can all be experienced firsthand, you know? So it's like not a matter of, you know, like if, it's a matter of when. You yeah, know, for us, it's, and we we just love we just love what we do. We just we just love what we do. That's all we're doing. Mm. <laughs> awesome, awesome story, guys. I, I didn't realize that you guys had been like that. This has kind of been building for ten, thir- thirteen years. You said thirteen years. Yeah. Wow, it just kind of came out of nowhere for me. I think I saw it on Product Hunt, and I was just like, "This is cool." But yeah, I didn't realize that there was like so much of a history behind it. Cool guys. Well, this has been an awesome interview, and yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, playing with it more because I have not yet gotten the questions like the psychological studies after a couple weeks. So I want to see what the long term effects can be, especially on my writing, because for me, writing is like the the hardest thing to motivate myself to do. Like I can shoot. Oh, I, can edit. Man. I, hear uh, you. I mean, editing sucks, yeah. but like I'll do it, and I just you know, there's it's like a it's like a defined set of steps. I know pretty much what to do the whole time. And with writing, it's not like that. <laughs> I yeah, just gotta no, force myself well, to do, do it. Do, but do, do you listen to any music while writing right now? Uh, it depends. So I have like this big study music playlist on YouTube. So I go through that sometimes, uh, or I don't have music, or um, I use Brain FM a couple times. I used to use one called like Focus at Will. I think uh, mm-hmm. kind of felt with that one. Maybe I think I just I like go back and forth between things so much, but. Yeah, it would be cool to see just like I'm glad that you guys have like a whole progress tool and I can kind of see like what it's doing with my focus and maybe I should just sit down and like actually track it myself as well. Like this was a better session than yeah. than last time or worse. How 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 do you think you'd um so I'm just curious uh, how, how would you uh, like quantify how well you wrote or something like that? See, that's a good question because I guess one way I could say is how close to completion is a script? Um or I could just do words written. Like for me, I generally don't have to do a ridiculous mm-hmm. amount of editing on my writing to get it to where I want it. I do have to do some. So I suppose I could do either one. Um, just like confidence in this is good and I'm ready to move to the next step or or like at least just I've written enough that I can start editing or moving forward with it. That's the biggest thing with me. It's like just getting everything out there and... Um, you know, I've written about how to do it better. I keep telling people how to do it better, but I still struggle with myself. What what sorts of stuff are you writing? Uh, so, I mean, my YouTube channel is all about studying, learning, productivity, basically like questions students ask me. And so I'll just, I'll basically write a script to answer a question. Uh, and it's so frustrating because sometimes like someone will email you a question and it's like all conversational and not, uh, like, there's not a whole lot of writing on it. It's just like a conversation between you and one person and when I answer an email like that, it's so easy to just write them a book, basically. Like, here you go. Here's everything. But when you <laughs> sit down, you're like, all right, I'm going to make a YouTube video and thousands of people are going to see this. Like, it's got to be perfect. Like, perfectionism yeah. is a problem. And like, you just mm-hmm. kind of feel like you need to be comprehensive on the topic. And it, it can actually prevent me from tackling bigger, like overarching topics. Like, uh, I still haven't done a video that's like straight up answers how to beat procrastination because in my mind, that's like the topic and... I like freeze up at the, oh, that has to be the most comprehensive thing ever. <laughs> Don't have time this week for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. we, we can talk about procrastination, but that's that, that, that might 
and we, we've, yeah, we've got some a, interesting approaches to I, it. I who, who, who it was, somebody emailed me recently and asked for, he was emailing a bunch of, um, or I guess what he, what he thought were successful people, uh, leader, leaders of their field, titans of the industry, and it somehow he was deluded into thinking I was one of them. So I, I got the I got the, <laughs> I got the answer to the question. Uh, what's your favorite, you know, and uh, anti procrastination tool or something like that? And uh, I, I I definitely have some methods. Um, oddly, I, oddly I didn't mention Brain FM because I just didn't want to seem too self promotional at all. <laughs> but in, in the end, the, in the end, what I, what I says, I just don't. I, I mean, if you're if you're going around looking for browsing success blogs and looking at uh, procrastination techniques and, you know, Pomodora and magic dots and all these, you know, GTD, I, I'd say you're probably going to be productive no matter what you do. Um, so I, I had kind of a long response to that. I, but I, I have no qualms about writing books. I'll write a book to anything. So I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of infamous on Reddit for doing that. So they'll ask me a very simple question and I'll write them something back. So it's like, a lot of it is like also do you do you like love what you're what you're doing what you're studying for example like I when I took certain classes in college I genuinely realized it sounded good but when I went in there it was it was horrible you know but like mm. my like business classes I love them like the computer science classes I love them you know like like there were certain gravitation pulls that were like different for me than others like the psychology classes so like but when I took like a journalism class or like an English writing class or uh a history of you know like uh, like like complicated like within like philosophy is different within college than you know practice so it's like they like go into like argumentative and like bouncing up it's it's just like you got you like a big part of procrastination is what you're doing right now like what's your relationship to it like is it is this like something that you think you have to do or like can you find a way to enjoy doing it too you know like yeah it it it, it really changes your relationship to to your work and the best writers. You know, the best painters, all these people, the reason why they become the best is because they love doing it, right? Because it's easy to do. Like, you, you have a lot, you're not handicapped by, you know, like, oh, God, I got to do this. You know, you're more like, oh, I wake up and like, oh, I can't wait to paint. Oh, I can't wait to code as a programmer. I can't wait to like, like, go out and like lead or like whatever you need to do, you know, that day. I'm actually kind of in the opposite camp with that, uh, that theory because, I mean, I've read a, a lot of writers saying like, the difference between an amateur and a professional is that the professional like shows up every day and doesn't wait for the inspiration. And like, I can't remember, I can't remember who said it, but I put it in a video lately and it was like, uh, writing is easy. You just like stare at a blank sheet of paper until drops of blood form on your forehead. Like, (laughs) I think it does. I think 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 it really is hard for certain people. Like when you have a passion, it's definitely awesome sometimes, but it's not awesome a hundred percent of the time. And the difference between the people who do well and who don't like, they still push through even when it's not awesome. I think I think uh, like what you said, the amateur and the professional. There's a writer called Stephen Pressfield, one of the best books oh, yeah. of all time, the, the War of Art. Mm-hmm. Um, brilliant. I, I, you have you have to show up. You know, even for the things that you love, even for your best craft, you show up every yeah. day. You know, you even if you don't love, you know, for some reason you're not loving to work out today, you show up. You know what I mean? That's like, a and, big that's, one. <laughs> and, and, and I think if you love it, and then and, and then you show up, they're not really exclusive. If you combine those two ideas together, they're mm-hmm. not. You know, they're not mutually, uh, they're not sort of exclusive there. Um, yeah. You can really tap something great. I think it, it might be like a case of some, like some days, maybe even a majority of the days, you won't love it enough to want to start. But if you make yourself start, then you will find yourself in the midst of doing something that you do. Yep. Love. And that happens a lot for me. Like, I really don't want to write this. 
really don't want to edit it. But like when I force myself into it, maybe get like 20 minutes in, I'm like, okay, now I'm really liking this little thing I'm making here. Or like, I'm really like, I really like that yeah. sentence I just wrote. I'm going to keep doing it. It's just like the starting is, is so hard. And you can write as many blog posts or read as many blog posts about things to improve your ability to do that as you want. And like, it still stays hard in my experience. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no doubt. I mean, um, as far as, as far as brain FM, I mean, you could, what, what I do whenever I'm procrastinating is I'll just, I'll put on a focus session and just kind of, you know, read it, read fiction or just kind of relax. Mm. I mean, it's almost kind of like, you know, if you wanted to compare it to a pill, I guess, you know, okay. Whenever, whenever you, you take Adderall or Ritalin or something like that, you're, you, you do suddenly you feel like doing all this stuff that, you know, I'm just, I'm going to type until the end of time. I'm going <laughs> to keep doing this. I'm going to stay up all night. I'm going to stay up week. And that's kind of, um, you know, that, that comes from a, a, a very specific mental state and that's mm-hmm. kind of what we're enhancing in a, in a safer way. So, um, that's, one of my, you know, whenever I'm really just kind of feeling down, she'll just like staying in bed. I'll just put, put on a intense focus session, and um, in a little bit, I'm, you know, 15 minutes. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I really feel like getting up and looking at, and doing this thing that I really don't want to do. You know, <laughs> Adam, that's so funny that you mentioned that. I have my own little routine with it. Like I like to like read read something like fun or like some some like, like a book. I continue reading like something light and just to get the just to get like a warm. It's almost like a warm up. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like you know, like and then you and then you get going. Um, yeah. What are you guys uh, reading? Like, like fiction? Uh I I've been I've been I, I like I like nonfiction. Okay, uh, well you said like something fun. Like, what's the fun thing you're reading? Um, let's see. Uh, I I'm, I'm a dork for for startups, for marketing, uh, mm-hmm. for biohacking, uh, for. Uh, for for history, for uh, the nature of of, of uh, like uh, religions, like I, I I like a lot of interests. I guess that's the thing. But usually it's 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 something around uh, you know just just curiosity, just just following that. Okay. Um, what are you reading right yeah, now? He's 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 much more he's, he's much more <laughs> academic. I, I I'm I'll, I'll read just straight up sci-fi and fantasy books. I mean I just love that stuff. I just got <laughs> I got done with the Hyperion series, and I'm reading Ancillary Justice. I just finished now. that. I love it. I was oh, gonna yeah, mention yeah. it, and I was like, "They're not gonna. They're, they're not. Nobody's gonna have heard of it." Oh, it's so, it's so good. It's Did so you finish good. the whole series or just the first book? Well, um, it's kind of weird. Uh, I some somehow I uh, mistakenly downloaded the last one, uh, Ancillary Mercy, um, first, and I read that. <laughs> and I don't know how it made sense to me. I'm actually kind of proud of myself because I was, I was looking at this and I was like, "This." This is so complex. Jeez. Uh, What's it about? I like infer and deduce. This, ah. uh, but I somehow got through it. It all made sense. And then I, uh, you know, of course I get to the end and it's like, congratulations, you finished this. I was like, no, wait a minute. I know there's three books in the series. <laughs> oh, that's why it was so confusing. If yeah. I- so I'm, I'm back. I'm back to you. I'm, I'm <laughs> almost, almost done with the ancillary justice and then i'm gonna go to the i think the swords next so yeah i'm reading um, swords but right I, i'm now. loving it it's just it's the, the concepts are just so original they really are so uh Jeanette, to, to give you like a kind of like the high level overview because it's not a book that like is super simple to describe but put it this way super far in the future there's this giant galactic empire and there's these huge ships that are run by ai's 
And uh, so, like, the AI is... The AI's perception of self is both the both the ship, but also, like, these human bodies that it basically has, like, consciousness embedded in. And uh, the main character of the book is, like, an AI who's basically every part of her has been killed off except for one human body. And so you kind of, like, get to piece together, like, why that happened. Wow. And also, like, her journey as just one human to get revenge, uh, like, for that happening. And yeah. This is an this is an AI generated human from an AI generated empire of something like of, that. Of machine and and humans that she's the last one of and she's navigating a path for redemption. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's like that. It, it was it was so original though because you usually don't get characters who can be in multiple places at once but they are not like an omniscient character. Like, it was just such an original idea for a character to have, like, so many different bodies. And the way she writes it, like, you can kind of tell she had to really work hard to figure out how to write it smoothly. And, yeah, yeah, it wasn't... Even the first one wasn't an easy book to, like, just dive into and understand right away. I can only imagine just jumping into the third one and not knowing Oh, yeah, well, I mean, (laughs) after the third one, I started reading Justice and was like, wow, this is so easy to follow. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... It's coming from the from from the other one, but yeah, it's just, it's just it's a fascinating kind of world building that she does, um, and I love I love the the there's no gender in it, you know, yeah. um, you kind of uh, ne- you never know really who who you're talking to, what they're supposed to look like, so you just kind of your imagination kind of fills in the gaps, and um, I don't know, it was just it was just a really cool way to do things, really original. And I, I think it's the, the first one to ever win um, Hugo, Nebula, and Arthur C. Clarke awards. Yeah, yeah, I got a ridiculous yeah. amount of awards. Uh, I was just in a Barnes and Noble, and I, I picked it up because the cover looked cool. And then I saw all those awards, and it's like, dang. And then uh, Pat yeah. Rothfuss <laughs> like recommended it on Goodreads, and I was like, well, I'll basically trust whatever that guy says. So I, 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 I will. Cool. I will give uh, two recommendations as I was thinking about it for uh, books. Particularly served me well in in college. One I read in the beginning of college. One I read towards the end. Uh, the first one was uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Dale Carnegie. Oh, you yeah, might have recommended it. Book. Fantastic book. Uh, the second one was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon okay. Hill, and that one was it was it, it pretty much introduces to the mental game of everything, hmm. uh, and really like you know helps you understand that of the different dynamics of the mind and how to really motivate yourself and how like how it, it teaches you like it's like the way your body is like you know you can build it up you know there's like you can build your mind up too you know and it kind of gave me that awareness that there is something to build in the mind you know yeah like, uh and, and make it really powerful and you do that by practicing different things uh and then keeping your mind you know just like the way you work out if you don't if you stop working out your body you know you'll you'll get out of shape you know or like and if you start working on your mind, your mind will get out of shape, you know. Um, so it's, it's, it's and they, they and it's if you if you absorb it, if you live the concept, it's it's better than actually just like reading a book. So I think those really had uh, like lasting impacts on me over time. Yeah, I haven't read Thinking Grow Rich, but How to Influence and Influence People is a great book. It's one of those books where you're reading it and like most of it seems like oh, this is common sense. But you also realize, like, yeah. it's common sense now that I'm reading it. But I definitely don't live as if it's common sense. Yeah. So. Exactly, it's it, it's common sense. But I haven't been doing any of these things. <laughs> yes, 
Yeah, that. Yeah, I've, I've read that book too. I think I don't know if that's one of those books that kind of everybody's actually read at, at one point. I mean, I read it as a kid. <laughs> when did you guys read it? Uh, I read it, and I haven't finished it yet. But I read most of it um, maybe last year or sometime, sometime in oh, okay. twenty fourteen. And I was on this like kick where I was taking really detailed notes on every book I was reading. So that's kind of why I haven't finished it yet because I was writing this huge basically synopsis and. Then I got tired it, of doing that. <laughs> dude, it's, it's, one, it's one of those books you can constantly revisit over the years, yeah. man. It's great. I never thought I would, but I, re- I think I revisit How to Win Friends and Influence People uh, uh, twice now since I originally read it. Um, oh, and a- another third book, The War of Art. Okay. Stephen Pressfield. Yeah. The War of Art. Basically, procrastination. If you want to, if, if, if there's one book that you want to like, okay, I procrast- if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to be a creative, if you want to create anything out in the world that's not the traditional nine to five job, you're going against, you know, like the grain by itself. And The War of Art is a brilliant book used by, you know, film directors, recommended by Olympic athletes. Like, this is a very well known book for, for like really successful entrepreneurs. So, um, it's it's phenomenal, and it's uh, it basically takes the concept of resistance, like anything that you have to uh, reach a higher self of you, like version two point oh, three point oh, four point oh of who you are. It 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 there's there's traps, and mm-hmm. it calls it resistance. Stephen Pressfield calls that resistance, and resistance will like kill you, it will beat you, it will take you to the ground. And pretty much it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger's things, like when you when you name something, you can beat it. You know what I mean? When when you define your what your enemy is, you can you can conquer it. Uh, it really takes that principle and like dives in this amazing and and oh, download it on Audible and listen to it. The guy's voice is like like got this like Batman, but like an old sage kind of voice. It's like <laughs> it's just wonderful. It's just it's, it's it's like it's so fun to listen to mm-hmm. and it's so easy to read, which is like. Part, part of the reason why it's it's, it's so popular, but um, I might have downloaded just for that. I'm just I'm just picturing the Christian Bale. <laughs> is it him reading it? Is it is it Stephen Pressfield or is it a narrator? It's it's a narrator, but okay. the narrator I, he nailed it. He, I almost like he knew what he was like. He practiced the book's principles or something because he like mm. I, I I thought it was Pressfield. You know, a Stephen Pressfield, the name of the author. Yeah. Um, no, it, it wasn't. Awesome. Don't procrastinate. <laughs> <laughs> Don't procrastinate, Harvey Dent. <laughs> uh, All right, guys. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. Can't wait to get it published. And yeah, I'm going to dive back into Brain.fm and just uh, get a little bit past that beginning stages where I'm thinking like a lot of placebo effect kind of masks what the real changes will be. So awesome yeah. work is yeah. what I'm going to end this on. You guys are doing a great job and I'm really excited to see where it goes. Yeah, let, let me know um, how the how it goes with the writing. Right, I think that's one of those things. It's very. I've always had an interest in kind of enhancing, um, but it's so it's so diverse, like creative writing versus everything else. So I'd, I'd be really mm-hmm. uh, interested if you know experiment. Don't feel, don't uh, be afraid to experiment. There's a relaxed focus and intense focus. Um, I'd probably say intense focus for what you're doing, um, but yeah, don't, cool. Don't be afraid of the safe technology. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to this interview. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I'm going to just wrap it up really quickly in the outro. If you want to find my favorite resources for making your college experience a better one, you can head over to collegeinfogeek.com slash resources. And I'm actually going to be working on revamping that page over the next few weeks. So be on the lookout for some new resources and better organization there. Once again, show notes, CIGpodcast.com, episode 88 on the page. 
can click the link and find everything we link to. Also links to brain.fm if you want to check it out. Also links to my music playlists and some of the things we mentioned earlier if you want to check out other music. That's all I got for this episode. So thanks again for listening. I will see you next week and stay cute.